Hey, and welcome to the teaching podcast of Calvary Chapel, Newcastle. At Cows, we like to keep things simple. We are committed to verse-by-verse teaching through the Bible to help people know, love, and become fully committed followers of Jesus. It is our prayer and hope that this message challenges, encourages, and equips you to that end. Uh, Today we are finishing off our series in the Psalms. Uh, We're doing a big jump. We've done 22, 23, 24, and now we're going all the way to 103. But we're actually talking about during the Christmas period of keep going through the Psalms. So see how the Lord directs uh, through the the year. Uh, My name's Tony. If uh, you haven't met me yet or don't know me, been around here for a few years now and um, yeah I think we're calling Newcastle home yeah we're working on it put it that way Um, thank you music team and thank you choir it was great I just I was just closing my eyes and listening uh, to to that last song one of my favorite songs Amazing Grace Uh, you can sing it at my funeral uh, please I've actually got a list of songs uh, that I like saying at my funeral. Um, hope it's not too soon, but I'll leave that. I'll leave that to the Lord. Um, yes, yeah, so I thank you. It was just so appropriate. And as I was preparing for um, teaching Psalm 103, those songs were just spot on. So praise the Lord for His intervention, the Holy Spirit working there, just to bring everything together. Uh, I am not going to do justice to Psalm 103. So if you've got expectations today, just get rid of them and uh, we'll just see how the Lord directs us. I have prepared, but it's, there's songs written on Psalm 103. There's been message after message on Psalm 103. Uh, so I'm not going to do it justice, but uh, pray that the Lord will use his word today to uh, rekindle, reinvigorate, uh, bring us to that place where we can honour him uh, on a more deeper, deeper level. We never stop learning. Uh, so the last three weeks we've heard from Dave Dean, Dan Villan, Psalm 22, 23, 24, as I said, and they led us through what the cross of Christ means. Um, uh, Dave took us through what the crook, being led by the shepherd. Dan took us through the crown, um, what it is... And what we're waiting for, the king coming, and he is the present king as well. And uh, today, I um, don't know if it sort of fits, but I might try to make it fit, but the chief shepherd, the one who is amazing, the one who is almighty, the one who is overall infinite, eternal, sovereign, merciful, gracious, and you can add to the list, right? And he guides us. This is the God who sustains us every day. Do you believe that? Do we believe that? Okay, we're not too convinced yet. But he is our chief shepherd. The scriptures tell us that he alone is to be worshipped. He alone deserves all the honour and glory. Would you agree? Yes, good. We're getting there. Why? Why? Uh, Dan led us into a verse last week, uh, Psalm 24, 1 and 2. 
This is one of the reasons why we honour and worship the Lord. The earth is the Lord's and all the fullness and all its fullness. The world and those who dwell in it. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it over the waters. Psalm 19.1 says, The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. This is why we honour the Lord. This is why we um, respect him. This is why we give him glory. Revelation 4 and 5. You know the scene there. Have you read Revelation? Chapters 4 and 5, there's that scene in heaven. The elders and all the angelic hosts worshipping God. And what do they say to the Lamb, who is also the chief shepherd, that you alone are worthy, O Lord. Yep, I'll get, get to that. Sorry, I'm jumping the gun here. They say, holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. So this is, you can turn there if you like, Revelation chapter 4. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to come. And then they go on to say, You are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honour and power, for you created all things, and by your will they exist, they were created. And then in chapter 5, verse 13, they say, Blessing and honour and glory and power to him who sits on the throne, the Lamb, forever and ever. How long is forever? There's no, there's no bit of string to that one, is there? Forever. So this is putting God in his rightful place, giving him the honour and glory and majesty. This is the Lamb of God who went to the cross and gave his life for us. So from a shepherd to a chief shepherd to a lamb who gave his life for us. This is the one who saved us, redeemed us, and gives us life and breath every, every day. I'm going to do something a little bit different. Certain sections as I go along, I'm going to help us, I'm going to, I want us to stop and reflect. So I'm going to give us 30 seconds or so just to stop and pause and reflect, and I'll give you something to reflect on. So Psalm 103 opens up with this amazing, wonderful, incredible Opening words, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. We're going to repeat that uh, throughout this afternoon. So David, in writing this psalm, is obviously at a point in his life where things are quite stable in the kingdom. There no, doesn't seem to be any overwhelming pressures upon him. Because when you read the Psalms, you hear him crying out, don't you? He's in desperation. He's asking God to destroy his enemies. Lord, I'm in deep trouble here. I need your help. But in this Psalm, it seems like he has the opportunity to focus. Focus for a period of time. And what does he say? Bless the Lord, O my soul. He has time to reflect. And I was thinking about this. Have we had time to reflect? I think for myself, I don't think I spend enough time just reflecting on the goodness, meditating on the Word of God. Something I'm, Maria told me the other day, no, I've booked out some time. That's terrible, isn't it? You've got to book in time to reflect on the goodness of God. 
So verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. So what is this soul? What is this soul that God has given to us? What is created in us? I believe it gives us the ability to feel, to have the emotion, and to ultimately worship, worship God. It's what connects us to God. So when David in the psalm is saying, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, it's not a superficial thing that he's trying to conjure up in his heart. He had a relationship with the Lord. Yes, at times it was not good, but there was a deep longing to know the Lord better. And so he could say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. So he's not trying to conjure up this connection, this relationship with God. It's there. Uh, God created this soul. And within David, he's, he's exhibiting this deep desire and love and respect to the one that owns him. So ultimately, our soul exists because God desires to be worshipped. He's given us a soul so we can worship him. In fact, every part that God created us to be in his image, soul, spirit, body, is to worship God, is to worship him. But there's an issue, right? It's been corrupted. It's been corrupted by sin. So as believers, as believers who have had their relationship restored with God, we're not perfect yet. We will attain to that when we get to heaven, but we are not perfect. But for those of us that have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, that means our relationship with him has been restored. And we're going to talk more about that. And with that comes privileges. We have privileges of being a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ. And there's so many, and we're going to go through some today. But in Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, it says, Because we're in Christ, we can enter into his presence, and we can pray, and we can ask God, and we can come before his throne boldly, before his throne of grace, it says. But again, not only just to pray or to ask him, but to come as an act of worship before him. And just have that time and meditation and acknowledging who he truly is. Sadly, for those that do not belong to the Lord, there's what we call a, a, a worship vacuum. Because man was created to worship, would you agree? Man was created to worship. But now there's a vacuum. If you are outside of Christ, you will worship something else rather than Christ. And you'll want to fill it up with whatever suit you at the time and so in verse 2 of psalm 103 david again repeats the words bless the lord O my soul and actually six times he mentions it in here and i and and as i studied it i saw that he gave five reasons you'll probably dig out more than five you get six seven eight nine but i've just brought it down to five so verse um, in verse 2 it says, forget not his benefits. And then I'm going to expand on these. So I'll give you the five. Okay, they're up there. Thanks, Dave. You're doing a good job. Uh, he forgives all our iniquities 
and heals our diseases. He redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. And then he satisfies our mouth with good things. So number one, forget not his benefits, verses 6 to 10. So the Lord is saying here that he alone is the righteous judge and he will deem what is the appropriate judgment or punishment for mankind who he created from the dust and from the rib. You see, we tend to forget the benefits of God. And that's our failure, in a sense, to not spend that time meditating on the goodness of God and his truths. We forget the benefits of the Lord that he bestowed upon us. And he uses the example of Moses and the children of Israel. See, the Lord for 40 years provided food, water, shelter, a place to worship, yet they murmured and complained. Ah, is that, are, we, are we any different? The Lord bestows all the benefits upon us, his goodness and his grace and his mercy, and yet we forget and we complain. You see, we forget his benefits towards us, just as the children of Israel did. Hence, at times, God then has to judge. God then has to punish us like he did the children of Israel for their sinful actions. But his judgments are always done righteously. And when you look through the scriptures, God just doesn't judge like that, bang. He always pre-warns them. If you obey me, if you follow my way, if you repent, then we can work through this issue. I will forgive you. There's always a prior warning. You see, the Lord is merciful and gracious. What does he say? Slow to anger. He is the one who can satisfy any longing we have. We don't deserve, we don't receive, I should say, the, the, the just deserves. What's, I was going to say deserts, but that doesn't matter. Uh, we, we, we are not receiving what we duly deserve. We don't. Why? Because we are in Christ. Everything, everything that we deserve, Christ took upon the cross. He took the punishment for us. Everything that we deserve. He took care of it on the cross. So I just want us to take 30 seconds just to reflect, just to take a moment and think about all the benefits that the Lord has bestowed or lavished to us, given to us. Like when we think of Ephesians chapter 1, he's blessed us with so many things. So let's just take 30 seconds just to be before our Lord and thank him and reflect on the benefits. Thank you, dear God, that you are our provider, that you are our Jehovah Jireh and righteous judge. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Uh, number two, 
he forgives or he who forgives our iniquities and heals our diseases verses 11 to 13 so this folks this forgiveness of sin do you fully understand it because i don't but i know it to be true that god forgives our sins and david really expands on this because he has he saw god forgive him i don't understand it i don't understand deep god's deep loving kindness towards me and yet it what it sets christianity apart from any other religion this forgiveness of sin you talk to a muslim hindu whoever uh, uh, baha'i whatever they don't understand the deep forgiveness that god has offered to them and what he's offered to us verse 11 in in psalm 103 says god is god is explaining as best as he can to us his forgiveness of sin for as high as the heavens are above the earth so great is the mercy towards those who fear him fear him reverence him honor him with all that we have so do we fear the lord as we should do we hold him in such high esteem that no other corrupt thing enters into our life that's a high calling isn't it that's a high demand that god has required of us but you see jesus the son of god has forgiven us the one who created us he has also redeemed us he rescued us on the cross and as christians it's not an excuse to sin and we probably all memorize this verse in 1 john 1 9 and it says if we confess our sins here's what so we know it right don't we different versions but it's still the same principle god has forgiven us no excuse to sin paul says what god forbid that we should continue in sin that's god's grace but god has forgiven us and this is mercy this is god's grace in action in our life jesus the son of god came from the purity of heaven born on earth that was full of sin grew up experiencing life here on earth was falsely accused was crucified by those who create who he created he was murdered for our sins was buried for our sins and he rose again from the grave victoriously ascending to heaven to be with his father once again and guess what he's preparing a place for those that believe in him no more building in heaven it's all done for us streets of gold it's going to be great and then we'll be worshiping together with believers from every tongue tribe and nation singing what probably lots of things amazing grace but you are worthy O lord to receive glory and honor and power for you have created all things and by your will they exist and were created so let's take a moment 30 seconds again just thanking god for his forgiveness let's pray Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your forgiveness, for the forgiveness of sin. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. 
bless his holy name. Point number three, who redeems your life from destruction. Verses 14 to 16. And this is the outcome of God forgiving us our sins as far as the east is from the west, neither to be thrown in our face again. God doesn't bring up the dirt every time we fail him. He's forgiven us. I heard we were listening to Psalm 103 in a, in a meditation um, in a meditation podcasting. And, uh, <laughs> sorry, Dale. <laughs> and, um, but he said, there's no measurement. There's no measurement to, or you can't, like no piece of string that you can measure God's forgiveness. Far as the east is from the west, never to be thrown in our face again. But yet the enemy would love to dig it up and throw it in our face. It goes on to say that God knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. From dust we came and dust will go back. There's no getting out of it. We're all going to die. We are all, our lives are going to perish here on earth. It's a reality, but something that we don't think about a lot. Verse 15 puts it like this. We are like the grass or the flowers of the field. We grow, we live, we die. One minute we're there, and then the next minute we are gone. That's it. In reality, we are only here on earth for a short time. So you got, I don't know, God doesn't work in time, but you've got time here, our life on earth, and then you've got eternity. You just, yeah. How do you measure it? And the Bible also describes this in James 14.4, Yet you do not know what tomorrow brings or what tomorrow holds. What is your life is the question. And the answer is, for you are just a mist. You are just a vapor that appears for a little time and then gone. So the question comes, what, though, what about the loved ones? What about our loved ones? The ones we have raised, the ones we have cherished, they just, they're gone. It's a vapor. And then the difficult and confronting question comes, where have they gone? Have you ever asked that question? Where have they gone? Once they're, once they're gone from this earth, where, where have they gone? And people say, but isn't God just? Isn't God loving? Wouldn't he allow all mankind to go to heaven? God is loving. Wouldn't he do that? But it also says in the scriptures that he's prepared a place for those that reject him. It's pretty tough. But I'm glad I'm not the judge. And I'm not going to even answer that. But I'd like us to look at Revelation. Revelation chapter 20. 12 to 15. And then I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. Remember who's on the throne? The Lamb of God. And the books were open. Then another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the book, according to what they had done. And then the sea gave up the dead that were in it. 
Death and Hades gave up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to them, according to what they had done. And then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. And listen to this, folks. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. I want us to take a moment just to meditate on these words. Eternity, where will you spend it? Eternity, where will you spend it? Take a bit of time. The grass withers, the flowers flourish, the wind passes over and it's gone. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Sorry, folks, the Jeremiah is coming out of me, the weeping prophet. Number four, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Verse 17 on. So the Lord has done great and wonderful things as we're seen in his word, not just in Psalm 103, but throughout his word. For his children, his loving kindness, his tender mercies, they are spread out throughout the scriptures. And just to recap on a few things that we've already gone through or we've missed, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquity. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. Thus he remembers our sin no more. The mercies of God are from everlasting to everlasting and he and his angels doing his bidding for him his angels in the realm that we do not see but they're there they're working behind the scenes we could do another whole study on angelology couldn't we and the workings of the of the spirit world and he has allowed us to know he's allowed us to know that his kingdom is ruled by no one else but who but him but him and him alone, the chief shepherd, the one, he is the only one and no one else beside him. Thus we as his children are crowned, covered, adorned, adopted, shadowed by his loving kindness and his tender mercies. Let's take another moment just to reflect on God's loving kindness and tender mercies that are forever and ever let's take a time to reflect thank you dear god that you are love that your tender mercies your loving kindness is forever and ever bless the lord O oh my soul and all that is within me 
bless his holy name. Okay, the fifth point. He who satisfies your mouth with good things so that you will be renewed as the eagle. Verses 18 to 21. And then in Psalm 34, 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man, the person, the woman that trusts in him. Do we want to be satisfied? Do we want to be satisfied as his children? I think we would all say yes, right? We all want to be satisfied in the Lord and his goodness and all his benefits. We would. And then it goes on to give us, in the remaining verses, a couple of areas. I'm not going to cover them all. But things to know, things to understand. And it says to keep his covenants and remember his commandments. That the Lord has established his kingdom Overall, there is no one else beside him. And that his angels are doing his work, doing his duties. They're there working behind the scene. You see, when God made an agreement with mankind, and Dave covered this, I think, in the, in the second talk, uh, about covenants. But you see, when God made an agreement with mankind, it was a two-way deal. God would come up with the agreement, not mankind. God would come up with the agreement and then mankind had to concur and to follow through with it. God was never going to force mankind to do anything, but it was meant to be actioned out of respect for who God is. What did the children of Israel say after, after God had given the commandments and it was orated by um, Moses and Aaron, or probably more Aaron, they said what? We will do it. We'll do it. Don't we say that? Lord, we'll follow you. We'll obey you. We'll do anything you want. I'll speak to my neighbor. I'll do this. I'll do that. Ah, but then we forget. But keep his covenants. It's meant to be done, actioned, out of a love and respect for him. But we know, and it's recorded in history and in our hearts, that man could not keep God's agreements. He could not do it, and that's why Jesus had to come. Read the book of Galatians, why Jesus came to fulfill the law, to fulfill all that God had required. And Jesus says in Matthew 22, 37 to 40, and he said to them, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And then what's the second thing? You shall love your neighbor as yourself. These are two commandments that hang all the laws and the prophets. All. So if we just get those two, we'd be doing pretty good, eh? And then following up with this, in 1 John chapter 3, 18 to 23, it says, Little children, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. By this we shall know that we are the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do as he 
as pleases him. And this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Whoever keeps the commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given, given to us. We can't uphold God's commandments, God's standards without the Spirit of God. We can't. And that's the, one of the benefits, one of the blessings that God has given to us, the Spirit of God that indwells us, that convicts us of sin, righteousness and judgment, directs us always into truth. So knowing, to know in our soul and our spirit that the Lord is our chief shepherd, the Lamb of God, is at work in every place, in every time. What does the scripture say? He never slumbers, he never sleeps, he doesn't doze off. God is never resting. We can have the freedom as we trust him, as we know him more. He enables us to soar, as the scripture says, in freedom like the eagle. Isaiah 40, 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint, depending on what version you're on. So in conclusion here, verse 22 of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord all his works in all places and his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's a Calvary Chapel, Newcastle, visitors, church, body. The Lord is our chief shepherd. The Lord is our chief shepherd. And we should bless him. We should praise him for all the works of his dominion, which is everywhere. So I want us to take, in closing, take some time to reflect on these questions. Take some time to reflect in summarising our day. Will we bless him or praise him today? Will we praise him for all that he has given us in Christ Jesus? Will we praise him for his forgiveness of sin? Will we praise him for our salvation? Will we praise him for his tender mercies and loving kindness? Will we be satisfied and freed and renewed as the eagle that soars in the sky. Let's take a moment to reflect and then I'll close in prayer. Bless the Lord. O my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Thank you, Lord, again for your word, for its power to be able to divide into the joints and marrow of our heart, Lord. Thank you that your word is truth. Thank you, Lord, that you never tell a lie. You are truth. Thank you, Lord, that we have examined or gone over just a little bit of your word today and discovering who you are, the Almighty One, the Chief Shepherd, the Lamb of God who took away the sin of the world. 
Lord, you're at work today and always. May you enable us. May you guide us. May you convict us. May we honour you with our life, Lord, not just this week or the years to come, but until we are gone from this earth. Our life is a vapour. And may we honour you, Lord, in that period of time that you have allotted to us. So we give you thanks in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to the teaching podcast of Calvary Chapel, Newcastle. If you'd like to check out more of our teachings, please visit ccn.org.au forward slash teachings.